This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast revisiting television, sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Hard Knuckle. Agents, Harry. To play on these tables, you must have an agent. See him? That's his agent. We don't deal with the Q, that's you. Agent deals with agent. Until then, you don't exist. Works out, Harry. Agent puts up the money. If you win, you get a percentage. And as long as you've got an agent, the more likely you are to hold on to your little pinkies. Because the only other way to earn any money in this room is on that table there. I got my own money. No ifs and buts, Harry. The rules are that an agent can only have one player in his stable. He must have at least 2,000 in stake money, he must be Caucasian, and he must be male. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that flunked it. <laughs> I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? We're going to play pool or we're going to piss around? <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, before we get into it, Jordan, did you know that this is both our 150th episode and it's being released on your favorite day of the year? I knew the former. What, what is my favorite day of the year? It's 420, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. I got the munchies or whatever people always talk yeah, about. Yeah, I think you sign off all your emails, snoochie boochies. That's right. That's me. You, you, <laughs> you have me nailed. <laughs> oh, dear. This week, we are joined by a guest for this special episode. Taylor, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, as you know, TV sci-fi podcast. So, we like to ask new guests, um what their uh, interest level or history is with uh, science fiction or more maybe more specifically TV science fiction. Oh, very slim, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty light on my end. Uh, I know about Tech War from The Simpsons. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I bought all the DVDs just for the joke. But yeah, not not a ton on my <laughs> end. I was never really like a Star Trek guy or... Or, yeah, any of that, really. Mostly Simpsons guy. And then, it, so whatever filtered into The Simpsons, that's my. my so, you knowledge. know about Planet of the Apes via the musical. That's right. <laughs> and Perfect. Leonard Nimoy with the, uh, the, the monorail. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. That's all you need, really. That's all I need. Yeah. As long as you watch The Simpsons, you know enough about society to survive. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, that's great because, uh, this one, I'm sure nobody in this zoom call had heard of hard knuckle no 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 one in the world has ever heard of this movie it is a very weird one certainly i think one of the weirder ones we've watched it's an australian tv movie probably the first australian thing we've watched Mm -hmm. i was definitely wondering if this was the like normal caliber of the ones that you're picking or if this one was like crazier than usual i mean in some ways it's par for the course but in other ways it's often its own special tangent (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no. uh, I'll give you a little history around it. It was it aired on uh, the Nine Network in 1988, I assume, an Australian television network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was part of a series of TV movies called Tomorrow's News. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What? I, I don't know what this had to do with the news, but I like I like the name of that series. And here's a little trivia for you both. One of the only films to feature the Australian 
pocket billiards game known as, provocatively, Devil's Pool. Yeah, I looked that up. Did you find anything else about Devil's Pool? Because I couldn't find much about it. Devil's Pool is completely the game where they put those, like, dominoes or blockers on the table. And, like, there's just basically obstacles on the table that apparently you either are supposed to not hit or you are supposed to hit, depending on the game you're playing. And your conviction in the moment. Yes, your conviction in the moment. I mean, Devil's Pool is going to come up a lot in this. Not that they ever name it at any point. No. And one last thing, because I love to do this for some reason. This premiered December 5th, 1988. So here was what was happening in Australia around Mm. the time this movie came out. Australia only edition. Here's something not interesting. The Olympic Dam, the world's largest uranium deposit and underground mine, opened. Ooh. (laughs) Finally. I could have sworn that was more recent than that. (laughs) December 7th, actor Emily Browning of Limity Snicket's Unfortunate Events, Sucker Punch, and American Gods is born in Australia. Those are movies people have heard of. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, And finally, on December 15th, 10 days after Hard Knuckle, the feature film Young Einstein, written, directed, and starring Yahoo Serious, is released in Australian theaters. <laughs> is, is that just for me? <laughs> Yahoo Serious? I don't know, dude. Are you a big Yahoo Serious fan? <laughs> I think I just I might be the only person who understands who that is. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, but what a name. Back in the 90s when Australia was popular with Crocodile Dundee. Right. A, the Australian invasion. The Australian invasion, as you'll recall from The Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> a, I believe this is a joke on The Simpsons as well. There was, for some reason, a comedian named Yahoo Sirius who for, got like two or three movies that came out in the States, uh, but that was as far as he went. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I'll have to check those out. Check out Yahoo Sirius, everyone. <laughs> and uh, Luke, there's one thing you may not have seen. Did you see what the original title to this movie was? I did not. I don't know if we mentioned it. This is called Hard Knuckle, but the working title, I don't know how far they got with it, which I don't know how anyone can explain this. The original title was, Was There a Dream? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Was there a dream? I don't know. Not that I saw. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I know you're going to give us the synopsis for the movie, but here's the original synopsis I found as well. And tell me there might not have been some rewrites. Here's the original synopsis before you give the real one. A love story about a young boy who tries to get a pool player back on the tracks. <laughs> love story, eh? I know. Interesting. If there's maybe a whiff of a love story in this, but not really. I mean, I guess that's expanding our traditional definition of love story. <laughs> I suppose. All right. Well, here's the IMDb summary for Hard Knuckle. In the post-apocalyptic wasteland of Australia, the most popular sport is Hard Knuckle, <laughs> a bloodier form of pool. Steve Beasley, bracket Goose from Mad Max, and bracket is Harry. A pool hustler who wants to beat knuckle champion Top Dog to get his bike back. You know what's funny? Through most of the movie, I didn't realize the point was he was trying to get his bike back. I didn't know what he was. I thought he was just trying to get some, like, self-esteem back. So I did my best to explain the synopsis to Hillary right after I... Previous (laughs) guest, Hillary, right after I I watched it. And it was next to impossible because i did <laughs> i did read the imdb synopsis after to try and determine what i had just watched and it kind of helped but then when i tried it's like one of those things where it's like you learn it better if you teach someone right so i was i was thinking maybe if i kind of talked through it then i'd have a better idea and we both sort of ended up more confused at the end of it <laughs> i will say 
usually when we watch these kind of things because they're science fiction there's usually too much exposition placed into one of these things this movie goes the opposite direction there is zero percent exposition the reasons anything is happening or has happened will remain forever unexplained yeah (laughs) well it's it's not their concern they want you to be in this world and that's it for instance uh, i just told you in that summary this takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland if I didn't say that in that summary, you may never know this is science fiction. <laughs> Detroit. Yeah, it just it does look just like sort of it takes place on sort of a the outskirts of a town where things have not gone that well. There's not like too many signs that an apocalypse happened. Although I will mention there is a helicopter that's just sticking out of a building. That's true. And I, what I picked up in the same shot of the helicopter is just George Orwell spray painted on the wall. <laughs> so if it's just like you're not quite sure if it's post-apocalyptic dystopian future, rest you really assured. nailed it right there. <laughs> well, the uh, episode or the episode, the movie opens on an epic guitar riff. I thought this was great. I'll say for the first little bit of this movie, I was so in and so jazzed. It's this like bizarre music and then this guy walking down the tracks and you're like what is happening and then they push in to show that he's got a little chihuahua in his pocket i was like i am all aboard yeah what jumped out to me is it the riff was very uh jackass related you remember (laughs) they're like yeah 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 yeah. johnny knoxville and i was like oh that's kind of cool this is kind of pulling me in and didn't realize it was going to be uh repeated often (laughs) (laughs) I think it's his theme. Harry's theme. That's what it yeah, said yeah. in the soundtrack notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, Harry, uh, dressed all in leather and sunglasses, with a earring that's a bunch of pool balls in a little rack on his ear. That's a nice shorthand to let you know this guy likes pool. <laughs> I, I didn't notice that until a little further in the film, but that was definitely one of my notes as well. Cool earring. <laughs> cool earring. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know my hair my hair rockers as well as I do, but he just looked like someone from Aerosmith, right? Yes, it was at that time. <laughs> anyway, he's returning to an unnamed, burnt out post apocalyptic city, uh, complete with a helicopter crash into building, as previously noted. And that's by far the best looking, you know, set sort of design that I think this movie has, because everything else is sort of like a room you'd see from Xena. It could be anywhere. I was wondering, what movie was that helicopter supposed to be in? Or what what set was this from that they borrowed? I had the exact same thought. I was like, when was the last Mad Max filmed? (laughs) At any rate, uh, we're basically meeting a professional, I guess professional pool player, named Harry. And he's returning to this unnamed city after uh, getting sober. I guess we're supposed we're learning off the beginning here. He used to be a raging alcoholic. Yeah. The aggressive cup spin. <laughs> None for me. None for me. As he tells his old friend, a, uh, a barkeep named Max, and uh, the boy who pedals his bicycle generator that powers the TV, a kid named Eddie, he's he's basically explaining this backstory of like, I'm back, I'm sober, and I'm here to avenge my humiliation that made me leave town of losing my motorcycle, complete with cool sidecar, in a game of pool to a man Named Top Dog. And I don't know if you looked it up, but Top Dog is not two words. It's Top Dog. It's That's his name. It's one word. Also, Top Dog, writer of the film. Oh, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Gary Day? Says Gary Day. <laughs> Gary Day. 
I, the beginning of what was to be a surely a great trilogy, I'm sure. <laughs> at any rate, at, basically, as he's explaining this to uh, these people and the audience, essentially, um, across the street, Top Dog pulls up on that motorcycle, and uh, he is looking to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, I kept thinking of him either as 90s Bill Paxton or 80s Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> I had him pinned as uh, Paul F. Tompkins the entire time. Now, that's a good one, too. <laughs> Yeah, he does have that sort of, his hairstyle is almost like a 1940s sort of slicked kind of hairdo part in the middle. And then he's got a nice little uh, handsome mustache. <laughs> Speaking of hair, there was, I don't know why, but there is an immense amount of hair fixing throughout this movie. So he'll like show up on the motorcycle he's like, and they're like all concerned about like Harry as well. He's always just like flicking his hair around. I was like, this is post-apocalypse. Why are you guys so concerned? This You're wearing is... these like dead skins and they're so <laughs> concerned about their hair. This movie's very hair-centric in a lot of ways. Uh, we'll meet another character later who's completely bald except for a tuft on the right side of his head above his ear. That was amazing. This actor, I love that he was all game for it. They're like, we're going to shave your head, but we're going to leave a little bit. He's like, on the top, they're like, no, no. <laughs> on the side, Maybe. well, kind of. <laughs> It is some, they really, the hair department on this really went crazy. They're like, it's the future. Hair can be anything. Well, you know what, if you think about it, though, it's a lot cheaper to give someone some crazy hair than it is to spend a lot of money on costumes. Because the costumes in this are, they could have been from any kind of movie. They're just like robes tossed on top of robes with like an animal pelt. So they're they're not terribly distinct. But then you get hair that's just insane. And it's like, all right, I guess it's a weird time now. Yeah, hair or hat. Yeah, hair or hat. (laughs) (laughs) very true top dog is the top pool player around as his name would suggest Um, but there is this side thing happening repeatedly throughout the movie that i could not make heads or tails of but there are a bunch of little street urchins who live on the street just little children and one of them just really wants to keep spitballing top dog every about 10 minutes of this film yeah yeah that really took the wind out of the sails of him being top dog for me right away when the little urchin just spitballs him and he's just like uh, he yeah, doesn't do anything again. about it. He's like a real Skinner, <laughs> real Principal Skinner energy, where he's just like, ah, <laughs> well, you again. That's a good description yeah. of his energy. At any rate, that'll happen throughout the film. I don't know why. It's completely uh, apropos of nothing, but important part of his character. Street urchins hate him. Harry leaves the bar and heads across the street to this uh, the local post-apocalyptic pool hall because. He wants to get his bike back. That's what he's come for. And as he comes in, we actually get to see uh, some some random fella, and he's playing a, a game on the, as they call it, the knuckle table. So we'll get we'll finally get to see what this hard knuckle is all about. Yeah. How would you describe hard knuckle? The game. It was pretty wild. I mean, I did under you could kind of figure out a logic in it where it was just like everyone kind of he hits the the domino dealy, and it's like okay, you've made a huge mistake. And then there was real, uh, like, hook energy with the booby box <laughs> where they're kind of, like, grabbing him and he's fighting. And then, yeah, basically a cigar cutter comes out at the end of the table and just chops this guy's finger off. <laughs> and, like, it's the most normal thing in the world. And they're all like, oh, that, that's, 
That's the cost of doing business. That's the, that, that is essentially, yes, what this game is. This You could play on this one table, and they'll put a black domino in the center, and you still have to sink all the pool balls, uh, I guess per the rules of a normal pool game. But if you knock over that domino, they're chopping off one thingy. You're going to lose it. There is one extra thing on this, though. I don't know if you guys noticed. Uh, every pool ball is the number 17. Really? Yeah. Because I noticed there were letters in the... They're, they're both. They're the number 17, and then they have weird symbols on them on the other end. But because it's this movie, they did not explain it at all. Why? They just they just don't explain it. Like, yeah, it's just the future. That's why. Bizarre. I did notice one time when they take out... Sometimes it seems like they have numbers on them, but you're right. There are letters. And one time they took out the entire rack of pool balls. And what it was, it was Ace, King, Queen, Jack, Ten on the pool balls but in mm. four different colors and i was like i don't know what this game is now yeah th- these are regional ball selections a- absolutely it's interesting because this is like what the crux of the movie is this is supposed to be the th- you know there's gonna be a big showdown at the end of this is the hustler or this is whatever but it's weird because at all times they build it up and then it's almost like they take the wind out of their own sails. They're just like, you're not going to believe what this game is. And then they treat it like the most ordinary thing ever. They're like, because someone's going to get their finger cut off, but then everyone responds to it as if it's like Tuesday, I guess. Like getting a finger taken off, you would think would be horrific. And they talk about it like it is. But then you see someone get their finger taken off. They're like, anyways, I guess I'll have a drink. And they keep playing. Yeah, they keep playing. That was apparent. I think that might have been in the synopsis where it was like you get the opportunity to continue playing if able if able <laughs> yes that, that is it you this man we watched play hard knuckle the first time he loses a finger but they allow him to keep going he eventually sinks all of his balls and gets whatever his prize is just a sack hanging over the table who knows what's inside <laughs> i mean if you want to talk about whatever this currency is i'm pretty sure it's just birth control pills it it's weird that's a good question, because what, basically what happens now is Harry basically approaches Top Dog in the pool hall and challenges him basically to a game of pool to win back his motorcycle. But he has money, so he won't have to play for fingers. So you don't have to play for fingers if you have money. But as you mentioned, money is pills, apparently. In blister packs. Yeah, just these blister packs of what appears to be birth control, but then some of them are like diagonal cut so that's like five bucks or something and then the whole <laughs> sheet is like primo and they all seem to just, it's very the shorthand of these everyone's already bought into this as a currency we're just like flicking them around he's like oh yeah okay you're paid well they never refer to them as pills they're always dollar amounts they're like here's two thousand dollars and they just hand over a handful of pills and you're like exactly uh, okay and they just know right away okay yeah you're good I will say, the cl- as I we said, no exposition in this movie, so it's hard to know what exactly they meant by these pills as currency. But really quickly off the top, Harry tells the bartender he looks a little yellow and offers him a pill. So my best guess is these are anti-radiation pills that in this future, maybe nuclear explosions, so everyone is surviving, but also using radiation pills as currency? My best guess. Yeah. That's more thought than I put into it. I was just like... Huh, pills, how about that? Anyway. (laughs) At any rate, Harry's back. He wants to play for his motorbike, but not for fingers, just for money. But he's told by the new owner of this pool hall. There's this wild part where they're like, where's the owner? It's like, I'm the new owner. Where's the old owner? He's over there sleeping the floor. And I'm like, is this important? No. (laughs) Oh, can I mention one thing, though, Luke? I don't know if you guys noticed. In the background, I can't remember if it's prominently 
featured or not. But in the background, as a bit of filling the world in, there's a picture, I'm assuming, of Better Days, and it's Harry and I believe it was Top Dog, right? And they're both wearing tuxedos and like have martinis and they're like cheersing and you're like, oh, they must have been friends at some point. I did see that and I was wondering like, how quickly did this all fall apart, this world? (laughs) Like they don't look, obviously the picture in real life was taken not too far before them actually making this film and they look the exact same, but just, yeah, cleaned up as like kind of like tuxedo bartenders or something. And I, it just made, again, raise more questions as to what happened, how fast did this world where everyone just wears pelts develop, and they're just, like, into it. Harry lost his motorcycle and left to get sober before the apocalypse, and now he's just come back to deal with it. The apocalypse happened in between. I think yeah. he left on a Friday, and <laughs> stuff happened on Saturday, Sunday. This is Monday now. <laughs> That was another question I had. The time frame of some of this was interesting. It was sort of elastic in terms of character motivations and <laughs> and like very strong will of certain attitudes that were then completely reversed what seemed like hours later. <laughs> we'll get back to the pool hall really quickly. Uh, Harry wants to play for his motorcycle back. The new owner tells him, you're not allowed to play just money ball anymore. If you want to play knuckleball, you can for free. But if you want to play for money, you're going to need to get yourself an agent. We have a new agent system in place. You can only have an agent to play pool now. That might be my favorite part of the movie. It legitimizes it. And then, then they lay a very, very weird set of rules around how you can, how an agent can operate. Yes, that also jumped out to me. It was, the agent must have a $2,000 stake. They can only have one player in their stable, which is bad business. And you must be white and male. I'm like, oof. Didn't age too well. So Harry can't play because he has $2,000 worth of pills, but he doesn't have an agent. Thankfully, that kid who rides the pedal generator next door followed him to the pool hall. And the kids, the kid Eddie is just like, I'll be your agent. And they're like, great, I guess this problem is solved. Please give me one game with Top Dog now. And they're like, not so fast. You have to work your way up to Top Dog. Wait till Petals gets here. You missed the negotiation, though, because Eddie comes in. He's like, I'll be your agent. I'll take 80%. And then Harry goes, no, 50 And he goes, no. And then he goes, 10%. And then Eddie's like, all right. I'm like, whoa, Eddie, you're a terrible negotiator. You just went from 80 to 10%. <laughs> and he's happy with it. Yeah, he- he hustled him pretty good, <laughs> especially getting an agent in like 10 seconds that he needed direly. Yeah. But you know what I like, though? At this point, you assume in the movie, it's going to be like one of those movies I'm sure everyone's seen. Like it actually at this point, I was like, oh, this is going to be like that Sylvester Stallone movie over the top where half the movie is just him arm wrestling people one after another. You know, I thought it was going to be that, which is. He's going to. Yeah, you got to get to the yeah, top. He's going to get to the top. He's going to slowly work his way through. And at the same time. Uh, learn something about himself and i think the movie was kind of going that direction and then they went you know what no let's just do something else yeah i was expecting like training montage yeah exactly running up the steps and then yeah beating like there being like a samurai uh pool hall and then like a, a <laughs> wild west pool hall and then yeah did, that was couldn't have been di- more this is, is a great movie you're pitching here taylor great movie <laughs> our knuckle too 
<laughs> also, do you um, think it's weird that Eddie has to pedal that bike, but the other guy's nickname is Pedals? Do you think he's like, come on, guys, that's clearly my thing. Well, this player who does show up Pedals, he uh, they, he's called that for the simple reason he, I guess, he rides a bike to the pool hall? Yeah. That was a great reveal. Otherwise, very nice man. Yeah, he seemed to have a heart of gold. And he and Harry get into that first pool match. We get a whole pool montage where we get to watch him sink every single ball on the table. They love doing that. Now we know that Harry's good. That's what we have to know. Like, he's back. He's the guy to be. Petals was the sacrificial lamb to, to establish Poor Petals. As, yeah, like, uh, bring in Petals. <laughs> to be fair, he he's... was probably exhausted from pedaling all the way there. <laughs> yeah, he's the tomato can. If someone needs to, like, okay, they still got it, bring in Petals. <laughs> he gets just wiped on the floor, and then, okay, now you can continue your journey. Yes, Harry easily beats him. And turns around and says, all right, can I now play Top Dog? And they're like, eh, let's wait till 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. (laughs) He's not even warmed up. He's been stealing sunglasses. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot he stole that that pair of sunglasses for some reason. And I thought, were they hairy sunglasses? No. It's interesting because I think they're trying to establish him as this big bad villain. But I don't think, and maybe you guys disagree with me, I don't think any viewer watching that would really understand who his character is because he kind of sits in the corner with his sunglasses on and kind of is maybe being smarmy but also maybe not and i just i they didn't really establish him at all so when you know there's going to be some sort of turn later it doesn't feel earned at all no the bad guy for me was definitely like the pool hall owner the guy that made such a big deal about the agents and whatnot but yeah top dog seemed just kind of like like over it almost you're just like yeah okay i guess i'm the top dog whatever (laughs) why are you you making this like such a big deal like i'll play the guy i guess he was destined to be the top guy though because his parents named him top dog yeah that's that's uh nominal nominal determination Mm -hmm. (laughs) at any rate uh the pool game is uh, postponed till tomorrow morning so Harry leaves the pool hall and is promptly mugged and robbed by Top Dog's pool agent and some goons. Yeah, you knew the street directions were coming. So, I guess basically what this means is now Top Dog or Harry does not have the two thousand dollars worth of pills mm. to compete the next day, but thankfully he gave his agent Kid Eddie that ten percent he earned, so Eddie still has a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, and they devise a plan to turn that hundred dollars into two thousand. And this plan is really elaborate. This is the most elaborate ploy of the movie, I think. Because when they said, like, let's just go and we're going to turn this into $2,000. We'll just play more pool. I'm like, all right. So they're back on the game where they're just going to play a bunch of pool games. But instead, Eddie goes into the pool hall where Top Dog and the pool hall owner are playing poker now. And Kid Eddie challenges Top Dog to a game with Harry. He's like, Saturday, 8 p.m., be there. And then he slams a cream pie into his face. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. If there's one thing that tells someone it's on is to slam a cream pie in their face. Yeah, the way the, I think the delivery of that bothered me. It was like, and here's another message. And it's the cream pie. <laughs> it's like, this wasn't a message. <laughs> he didn't write down brackets, cream pie. Close I think what it was was Eddie was walking through and he had direct orders of what he was supposed to do he was supposed to say eight o'clock and while he walked by he saw there was a freshly baked cream pie on the counter and he thought you he know what off script I, yeah i can i can uh, improvise here a little bit add to this what's interesting though is 
it's not even the end of this because the cream pie is part of a much more elaborate plan because once Top Dog is cream pied, Eddie runs out of the building and Top Dog chases after him. Top Dog trips over a trip rope that has been placed across the door, knocking himself unconscious outside. Eddie then locks the pool hall door so his cronies can't get out to help him. And then Harry seems to solve his major issue of this movie. He just steals the keys to his motorcycle and he has his motorcycle back. <laughs> yeah. The Home Alone tripwire. Yes. There was a whole little montage of like cream pie. F- the fuse has been lit. And then, yeah, there's little tripwire. They're locking the doors. That I liked. Well, and then they get the motorcycle back and you think, I guess they're just stealing it. But no, they need the motorcycle for two reasons. One, to get out of town to earn money. But two, they're going to use it to string Top Dog up hanging from that motorcycle with a big sign around his chest that says Saturday 8pm. Yeah, complicated system of levers and pulleys. Did either of you think, like, because obviously it's sort of like a little bit of, uh, like you were saying, a Home Alone-esque kind of comedy, but they string him up and then you go back to that scene like 10 more times where he's hanging up. They're like, we can't get him down. And then we go to see Harry back. Then we come back and like, still can't get him down. And I was like, guys, is, is this what we're spending time on? And it's like, maybe we can use a crowbar. Oh, I don't know. Maybe pliers. And they just keep going back to him hanging there. And I was like, is that what he's going to do for the rest of the movie? He's just going to hang from this helicopter. It was pretty bizarre. Where, yeah. He the, uh, the, the, it was the side Mohawk man charged with trying to get him down. And that guy's, character became increasingly unhinged (laughs) yeah i found and this was his real demise where he was kind of just like like a bumbling oaf guy where he's like oh uh pliers work pliers no work like let's get (laughs) let's get fire i'm like what happened to this guy it is funny you mentioned that because he does go through like there's like three different characters he plays at the beginning when you meet him he's sort of like this um nefarious sort of money launderer kind of guy and you're like oh he's well, he's, he's he, top dog's agent yeah like he seems to be making moves yeah in this helicopter scene he's sort of like a bumbling buffoon and then at the end of the movie he's like a junkie yeah he's like this sniveling guy he's like oh i gotta uh, i gotta get money i'm, I'm like, where, what happened to you man in the last like 12 hours <laughs> i think it's more of an interesting movie to see his journey 100 percent but yes uh, as you mentioned we're gonna see him get cut down for like 17 scenes but well that's happening Harry and Eddie are on the road, and they're going to stop to spend the night at Eddie's mom's place, which is an old abandoned church, maybe? She loves candles. Yeah. Real home sense mom vibes. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic style. And the visit to his Eddie's mom is like seems so random, because he's just like, this is my mom. And Harry's like, oh, I know her. I used to date her 13 years ago. And then they revive an old fight they had 13 years ago. Well, right away, he's like, don't worry. It's not yours. It's like, well, yeah, I know that was weird too, right? That like, concern didn't track to me, so okay. And I don't think it did to Harry either. I was like, this boy is like eighteen years old, so of course he's not yours. <laughs> yeah, got it. Can we stop and talk about Eddie for a minute? To be fair to this kid, I don't know if he's the greatest actor of all time, but someone told him every line, just yell it. Every line, he's just he's yelling. He's like, I want to go too. And I'm like, Eddie, yeah. Eddie, calm down. Like, you just met this guy, and he's only giving you 10%. He's not that good a guy. Yeah, here's another message. Cream pie. <laughs> like his, even his cream pie was loud. He's like, Well, then, uh, that means, Jordan, you really side with the uh, the mother in this scenario. Because 
Harry, who hasn't seen this woman in 13 years and just met this kid, is just berating her for her child-rearing method. He's just, like, really leading into her like she's the worst mother in the world. But I don't know if I'd want Eddie around the house either. I don't know if they explicitly go into it, but I think you're left to believe that what ruined the relationship was his drinking, right? So he's kind of at fault. I don't know if you noticed that she had, like, King Tut's head (laughs) in her house, like, just like a sarcophagus. So then that led my mind going to, like, what is happening in this world? Where did this is for, that belongs in a museum. Why does she have it? She's a tomb raider when she's not uh, at her yeah, house. Yeah, like, that's the movie I need to see. <laughs> at any rate, after they spend the night there for a very long time, they head off to their next stop, which is they're going to stop at a country pool hall, and Harry's got a plan to hustle some townies out of their pills slash money. All-time plan. <laughs> and by the way, this scene is taken straight out of The Hustler. I was like, oh, okay, so you guys are just taking stuff from another movie now. Sure, all right. Taylor, you want to walk us through their hustle? Oh, my goodness. Right off the bat, Harry refuses to share his plans with his agent, and I'm not quite sure why. Like, I guess maybe he didn't know if he'd be on board with hustling these people, but that, right off the bat, I was confused and somewhat angered that he wasn't letting him in. (laughs) This should have been a team effort. Um, But, yeah, he rolls in, and he's playing the, like, Kaiser Soze, but drunk style, where he's just like <laughs> taking comical Jack Sparrow swigs from his clear liquid of unknown uh, providence, and he's just crushing. He's like, "Oh, oh, uh, what is this pool? I've never seen pool before." <laughs> and there's there's a lot of uh, weird banter. This is sort of a it was almost like a Shire-esque pool hall where they're, they're cooking up some, like, meat pies. That's true. Yeah, they had a weird kitchen. They don't even really seem interested in pool. They're more interested in the pie-making aspect of this establishment. And <laughs> I also noticed, kind of showcased how in this world there's going to be better and worse pool tables. Like, some of the... the this seemed... The, the table's quality itself seemed a little rough. There was, like, some tears and stuff. So we're going to see the highs and lows... <laughs> driven by the quality of the felt um but yeah it comes in he's doing the oh i can't see the ball and uh, the classic routine and they're like oh but i did like that he didn't go so he's trying to get their pills but he didn't get greedy initially he was doing the oh i'll do like 10 whatever 10 dollars or 10 pills is and is willing to to sucker them in with that and they're like oh this guy's a fool and then, yeah, he just cleans out. So, like, oh, this guy's, like, pulling out under pies. He's like, I'll take everything and then just take some for all they're worth. It is true. Once they once he lures them into a sense of uh, that he's going to fail this shot, they really throw all of them. Like, all of them are reaching in their pockets, just hucking money onto the table. Like, I want in on this. The shot also, to me, seemed extremely low stakes. It wasn't like some sort of cool trick shot where he's like sinking all the balls or this is a match that has gone. Like I I thought at the very least what I did think he was going to, okay, play the kid, lets the kid beat him. And then there's some top dog of this place where he then like rolls for for all the bragging rights. Yeah, what you'd assume a hustle would be. A hundred percent. What the hustle, the shot for the hustle seemed to just be like two balls along the bumper and then one guy pipes out at another like, oh no, I think the cue ball was over here and then moves it like an inch to the side. 
<laughs> and then he still sinks it. What, another thing with that shot, which did bug me throughout the entire movie, was there was no hopping of the cue ball. I feel like that was a giant missed opportunity. That is true. They never did that classic shot. I thought for sure with the domino, at least at some point where someone's like, like really close to hitting it and hops it over. There was a lot of like slow. They really liked to draw out each shot to a point where it's like he sunk the eight ball, sunk the seven or the H ball or whatever it was, um, <laughs> especially in the pedals match that went pretty long. But yeah, with the sh- the close-in shots and slow-mo, it was ripe for jumping the cue ball, and it never happened. It's interesting, though, that you mention all the shots they did of the playing the, the different games, because it's something where this movie really fails at, is, you know, you watch some movies, let's say it's a movie about cards, or it's a movie about pool, or something that maybe you're not that interested. A good movie brings you into that, and you feel excited about it. You know, like, uh, what was that... Uh, that Netflix show that just came out about chess and everyone got excited about chess, right? It's like, because there's something evocative about it. It's the way it's presented. This movie does not do that at well at all. What you would think would be the most exciting action scenes, the pool scenes are probably the most boring part of the movie. The best part of the movie is where you're like, what is happening? Why is he running around? Why is someone putting cream pie (laughs) in someone's face? Whereas the pool action, you're like, let's just get through this montage. That's not interesting. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Like, uh, the scoring in terms of like how you win a match as established in the pedals match was couldn't have been less clear in ter- it's like it's up to what is it up to i assume it's stripes and solids i have no idea yeah is it best of one is it best of five what there's no establishment of yeah stakes really except for chopping off the finger which wasn't part of the stakes for the pedals match so this is just two guys playing and then it's just, yeah, a montage of what seemed to be very casual pool shots and then a handshake just like, sorry, pedals, got you again. He's like, it's all right. Everyone beats me. <laughs> That's what he's here for. Um, at any rate, they finish hustling this these small town yokels out of their pills. And uh, now it's time to head off to win some big money so they can finally get that $2,000. But while all this has been happening... Top Dog has finally got down off that helicopter, and he's sworn to kill Harry for humiliating him. And what's really weird here is, too, is I'm just like, all right, sure, this guy wants to kill this other guy. He's mad at him. But the owner of the pool hall is just like, you can't. We've got a big match on Saturday now. The whole town's coming out. You can't. You got to wait. Play this match with him. My 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 margins need it. You can't. You can't do it. I think this is the part of the movie for me. Uh, not that it was great to this point, but I think this is kind of the moment where the movie starts to fall apart into insanity because it's almost as if they were like, let's just do a different movie where I don't understand what anyone is doing. And let's make sure the audience feels that way, too. Yep, because Top Dog won't listen. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to kill this man. He hops on a train because I guess in this future post-apocalyptic world, the trains are still running. Quite well, actually. They seem very nice passenger trains. You can get anywhere in Australia on them. That, I, I, I had a lot of questions. Like, the, the priorities of this world, where they're, like, checking train tickets. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is going on here? You guys have way too many rules for a post, like, post-apocalyptic anarchy. It's true. It does feel like things are very well... Uh, everything's falling down, but the wheels are still turning. Yeah. Everything's falling. <laughs> and... 
this never comes up at all, but there was just like these two really weird scenes where Top Dog has to sit by an annoying guy on the train. And then we just have to watch him watch talk to this annoying guy who just wants to play a game of cards with him. But then he comes back. Does he? Did yes. I miss him coming back? Oh, dude, he's the owner of the next establishment. That makes so much yeah. more sense. Yeah, yeah because, no, I, I understand your confusion, though, Luke, because, again, it's hard to articulate to someone who hasn't seen this how confusing this movie gets at this point. But, yes, there's, like, two or three scenes where, until later, you don't understand what the payoff's going to be. But this guy keeps wanting to play cards with Top Dog, and Top Dog, for no real reason, is being really mean to the guy. Like, he's not even being like, oh, no, like, just polite about saying no. He's just, he's mean for no reason. And also, to this point in the movie, meaner than we've seen him be to anybody he seems like i think you mentioned taylor he seems sort of like above it all most of this movie and then this scene he's like i hate you i hate cards very bizarre and the whole point is that later on this guy's going to come back and be the owner of the uh, establishment so that he can now take his revenge back out on on top dog and this way i don't understand is he's very rude to him and won't play cards and then we cut back and he's like okay i'll play a game of cards now but we never see what happened like i was i saw so i was like why am i watching any of this but i guess it's to establish yeah. this character for later i also believe he's somehow like the train owner we, oh he might be i don't know <laughs> because because later no spoilers later when they're trying to get back on the train he seems to be the guy that's like controlling who's getting on and off oh see i thought it was more that like he's kind of like a mafia head and he sort of had his goons out watching the train that's what i thought but maybe you're right maybe he actually owns the train too yeah i mean either way top dog has made a powerful enemy (laughs) yes yes Well, there's a lesson I should say. If someone, if you're on a train and someone says, do you want to play cards? Just say yes. Because you don't know who this person might be. He might be a possible owner of the train and or a mafia head and or a guy who owns a pool club that will chop your fingers off. Another moment, I think, during the same train ride is when he sees uh, Harry and the boy off the train. And then there's just like a weird, he just laughs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was. I thought it was because they were all in cahoots together. There was going to be some sort of like big plan they were doing, but he just sees Never them off explained. the road. He's like, he's like, hey, look at them. They don't have a train ticket, losers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fools. <laughs> and just yeah. never like cut. Um, they all arrive at the next town to uh, top dog by train, Harry and Eddie by motorcycle, by stolen motorcycle and sidecar. They all arrive at this next town and they all head off to the newest, weirdest pool hall we'll visit in this town. And the first thing we get to see is there are some initially what I thought was erotic dancers. But then as I watched the show, I decided it was just modern dance. Like this was just a modern dance performance. Depends that was being on put what on. you're into. It looks at first like it's going to be a stripper. But I don't know if you noticed. There's nice gender equality here because it's the woman dancing. And then she starts dancing with someone in I think it was like head to toe costume. That's unclear. They're animal pelts or something. But as it as the dance continues, because we watch it forever the person takes the clothing off and we see it's a man. So there's a man and a woman both maybe stripping, maybe dancing, but either way, it's very entertaining to the audience. Incredibly confusing scene for me. The post-apocalyptic people are very, they're big arts lovers. They love some modern dance. They want to see what's fresh and hot in the dance scene. They keep it behind that uh, chain link fence. And when the dance is over, it just slams shut. Yeah, I was so confused. There's just, the, it's very hard to articulate how this scene was like edited and sliced together but there was like weird clips of like 
like a like a cattle prod going through. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I was oh like, yeah, they were spraying her down with something. Yeah, too. like they're granted with the the like resolution of the video, it was kind of hard to d- determine what it was going on, anyways. But yeah, there was like a cattle prod, and I was like, are these some? Is this some sort of like a against their will type scenario? But then they're all like clapping after i love it because everything in this movie is sort of half-assed and it's like they just expect the audience to fill in all the gaps they're like yeah there's dancers and they may get prodded why i don't know don't worry about it it's a weird world yeah figure it out yourself we don't have time for it i noticed a lot of applause in this movie as well like when (laughs) when it's like oh what's that they're playing at the pool hall and it's just like a polite applause like very polite (laughs) post-apocalyptic urchin men this this pool also sells uh, chickens and rats in cages for some reason. <laughs> That's right. This pool has a lot going on at it between the dancing, the pool, and the sale of live rats. Um, at any rate, Eddie and Harry turn up here, and they're basically going to turn all the pills they hustled into this $2,000. And they're just waiting for the pool game to start. Fanciest pool table in the movie so far. This is the nicest one, mm-hmm. right, Taylor? I was really digging it. It had like the lights flashing and... Uh, they seem to play sort of a different style. It was kind of like a round robin. They're like, yeah, six people. Like, Why not? It's the future. Sign up. It is true. It is It is crazy. They they meet some guy named Kevin, who's apparently Harry's friend, <laughs> who will just hang out with them for the rest of the movie. But I'm like, why is this guy now in the movie? Bizarre entrance. He's just a nice dude. Well, I think they had to establish a, a man who uh, the knuckle didn't work out for him. Oh, that's true. He's lost a finger. Because he comes from his past, and he's just like, ah, check it out. <laughs> and speaking of showing the no-knuckle, jumping back to when Harry shows back up to the bar, and he's meeting his friend, the bartender, after all this time, and the bartender just, show me your hands. <laughs> show me your hands. So mad at him. Viewer has no idea what's going on, and only in hindsight does it make sense that he wants to see if he's bed away his finger or not. But huge missed opportunity because he starts slowly revealing one, yeah. two, one, and he could have just gone like middle finger for the lot. Like, oh. the, and I was just waiting for it, and no delivery. Listen, I I really love the movie you've written, Taylor. I'm gonna find some financing for yeah. it. I love I love this new this new knuckleball. I'll find Gary Day. We'll find Gary Day. We'll bring him back. Uh, at any rate, you had mentioned this. This pool hall. At some point in the night, they announce it's time to play pool. We'll only allow six players to play a night in some sort of round robin game. And I was just like, the 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 rules around pool in this world, like people love it so much, they really have to dole it out. Did you notice though? I don't know if we mentioned this previously. That for whatever reason, when they do the score, like you know, they do it like you know, four, and then they check it off. But instead of writing people's names, they drew little pictures. Yep, and they drew a dog for Harry. Yeah, against pedals, which was a bicycle. But I was like, dog should be reserved for top dog. Like, just because he showed Absolutely. up with a chihuahua, you can't just be drawing a dog. I think he's kind of put on the spot, though, and he has to have a cup of picture. He's like, oh, he's wearing a pelt. He's a dog. Uh, yeah. Done. Animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he should have done is a picture of earrings that were pool balls. Everyone would have known yeah, who it was. Yeah, there you go. Mm, that's true. This defining feature. Uh, at any rate, we get a montage now where I guess Harry plays either six people in round robin or six people in a row. It's impossible to say. I guess he beats the ball because that's 
apparently how it ends. Incredibly unclear. And the agent was so concerned trying to set up like stakes at the start. He was like, Mr. Harry, you'll never play. You will find time on the table. And then it's a montage of him, only Harry playing on this table against like what's seemingly the entire bar. Let me mention it again. He already has the bike, and now he is winning his money back, and apparently can go win money. They, they said at the beginning of the movie, this is the only place you really can play pool, but then he clearly can go many places and play pool. It's like, you've already won. Why not just go around, play pool, and make your money? But I guess it's because... It's for honor. It's for his honor, it for but honor. it doesn't make any sense. It's like, who cares? Top Dog doesn't even want to play. He's not even around. He's on the train laughing at people. Just the go motivation home. was a fallacy from the start. So yeah. it was built on a questionable foundation, <laughs> and it it went haywire as he, as he drove the bike across the lands. Uh, after Harry sort of beats all these players, this is when Top Dog decides to reveal he's been at the pool hall the whole time watching. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically is just like, I challenge you to a game of pool right now and not wait until Saturday. And I was just like, I thought you were going to kill him. You just want to play pool with him? How did he know that he was going there, too? I, I have no idea. But as you said, this pool hall is owned by the man he was rude to on the train. And now that makes more sense to me because that man just appears out of nowhere and says, you're not allowed to play pool here. I don't like you. Yeah, and a fight ensues. Yeah, meanie, meanie. Well, what I like is he yells that. I'm like, okay. And then someone from the audience somewhere yells, whatever happened to the customers always right. <laughs> and the pool owner is just like, you got me there. <laughs> That's good. They're extremely polite, all these people. And the pool owner's like, fine, you two can play, but only if it's for fingers. And Harry's just like, no, thank you. And he just walks away. And the pool owner's like, okay, well, if he won't play, let's cut off your nose in the finger cutter, (laughs) Top Dog. Let's grab Top Dog and cut off his nose. And Harry's agent is so concerned about him being laughed at. Yeah, that's right. He's just like, if you leave now, they're going to laugh at you. I'm like, I don't think they are. They're all laughing at you. They're all laughing at you. You gotta play. It's like I'm playing. It's my finger. It's not your finger. <laughs> it was very weird. That's right. Eddie was very concerned about him being a laughing stock, but it just seemed to me like Top Dog was the one in the losing position. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. At any rate, uh, b- due to some cajoling from this new character, Kevin, Harry's like, "Fine, I will go back into the pool hall and I will rescue Top Dog for some reason, and we will escape back to Kevin's garage slash home." Where we will, where, where we Harry and Top Dog will proceed to have a wrestling match. They have to get out that anger from the past years uh, when they used to be friends and they wore tuxedos. Truly bizarre scene with Eddie Eddie wagering that he can break up the fight. So, like King Kong and Godzilla, they just kind of like grapple with each other for a bit, and then I don't understand this either. But you just mentioned it, Taylor. For some reason. Eddie announces to Kevin, I bet you $10 I can make them stop fighting. And then he grabs a crowbar and just yells, stop fighting. And they stop. Yeah, and then Kevin's like, you were right. You you, you won that money fair and square. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that was truly baffling. That he was like, that Kevin was so sold on it. He's like, oh my god, yes. How could you possibly start stop this insane fight? And then couldn't have been stopped more quickly or easily. But essentially, this these moments with Top Dog and Harry together are basically we're, they're going to establish these two used to be friends per their champagne drinking picture, and it's going to come out around this time that Top Dog didn't know his agent mugged Harry for that two thousand dollars early in the movie, and 
Top Dog, I guess, like Harry, they're both very honorable men, so he's quite offended to find out his his agent was involved in such nefarious deeds. But doesn't it seem weird, though, that they spend so much time, it's not that much time, but that they go out of their way to really show that Top Dog's not a bad guy? Because what, what does it matter? Like, he's supposed to be the big villain that you're supposed to take down at the end, but they're like, he's not that bad, because the other guy is really the bad guy, and it just seems like they're undercutting the final match because don't you want harry to beat the big bad guy at the end but then they're like he's not that bad yeah i never really thought he was that bad well that's what i mean like shouldn't he be yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean it makes sense to me because if you're the writer of that film you're like i want it both ways and he delivered (laughs) he delivered he wrote the movie he gets to do whatever he wants (laughs) this leads into basically they're like all right great let's head back to town for our big 8 p.m match on saturday (laughs) We're getting along slightly better than we were before. There's that super long, complicated sequence where they have to sneak Top Dog onto the train to come home that we sort of mentioned before. It doesn't make any sense. No. I didn't, like, under Kevin is in disguise, and then they stop the train halfway to town, and then Top Dog gets on, and then Kevin hides in a toilet, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Well, he had to share the ticket, because he knew that 30 seconds after Top Dog hops on is when the train ticket man's going to come by and be like, (laughs) show me your ticket. And then the viewer's going to be like, oh my God, Top Dog does not have a ticket, but then he does. But it's so funny that they take the time to do that because it doesn't really matter. You could have just been like, yeah, Top Dog made it to the next town. We we don't need to see it, how he got there. I'm sure there's other ways. So it's like, why are we watching this very complicated caper of him getting a ticket to the trade who cares because kevin needed the payoff he's like <laughs> no none of us are walking to town i got <laughs> i got a plan and harry and eddie take the bike which i top dog just should have insisted he get his bike back but he's a fool they take the bike and on their way back to town harry decided that eddie was right about hustling those townies he's just like i feel bad because i'm an honorable man that we hustled those townies so let's just stop off at that pool hall where i hustled them and i'll just return their money no hard feelings yeah insane logic uh he is immediately accosted by these men essentially we see him say why like let me return their money hard cut they've got harry beaten up they're holding him down on a pool table they're stealing all of his money now and then they force him to drink a bottle of booze so he gets as drunk as he pretended to be. Insanely hard cut from, like, yeah. this character is reformed. His hustler days are behind him. This is going to be, like, maybe rallying the troops. Where, like, he, he... I was thinking that I didn't know that it would go, like, too smoothly. But maybe they kind of, like, cruise into town for, like, the main event with him. Just kind of like supporting him. Right, he's gathering his, he's gathering a fan yeah. base everywhere he yeah, goes. Like he's gathering kind of a troop and then just the hardest cut to a metal funnel uh, wedged <laughs> in Harry's mouth and a full bottle of booze being but guys, poured into it. This is a hard world. I think we've established there's kids that are shooting spitballs at you. This is a hard world you don't want to live in. <laughs> That's wild. And, like, the implication that this is going to affect Harry's sobriety in some way is just immediately waved off. Like, he's very drunk in the next scene where they go and spend another night at Eddie's mom's house for some reason. But the next morning, he's just sober again. He's just like, well, back on the wagon. (laughs) It's funny because you think it's going to set up something because they come drunk to her house and she's like, not again, Harry. And he's like, no, it's not like that. I was forced to drink. And she's like, all right. Anyway, (laughs) you're like, well, what's the point of any of it? Extremely quick turn of 
events where yeah she's like not again and i'm thinking like okay harry and eddie are gonna have to sleep out under a bridge like that she's not doing it again <laughs> she has her axolotls aquarium to take care of <laughs> but then yeah all she needed to hear was this time is different <laughs> she's like well if this time's different we gotta take care of them yeah really the only reason they seem to go back is for the sole purpose of in the morning harry won't let eddie come to the next game because they have no money now and he drives away and then eddie's just like i guess i'll just walk to town so i can arrive halfway through the climax i'm like okay yeah Uh, that blew my mind i needed a map as to where these places are located because yeah there was kevin was so uh adamant about them having to take wheels into town because they were so far away we're taking trains bikes and then yeah it's like I can't play with you, and I can't play without you. <laughs> like, I wish I could quit you, Eddie. And then he hops on his hog, and he flies into town, and then, yeah, Eddie just, like, casually walks in. <laughs> I just like it, because he walks off, his mom's just like, don't go. She, he's yeah. like, I'm going. She's like, okay. Yeah, best I can do. She's like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's going to take me all day to light these candles anyway. <laughs> Uh, back in the city, though, Top Dog gets there first, and he confronts his agent about, uh, robbing Harry that night and how dishonorable it is. And, uh, the agent admits to it freely, as because he's become a sniveling wiener, and then returns the $2,000 worth of pill currency that he stole, and he gives it to Harry. He's like, here, or he gives it to Top Dog. He's like, here's all the money I stole from Harry, Top Dog. I'll give it back to you now. And then Top Dog's like, you're so dishonorable, after this next game, because I still need an agent, you have to work for me. But after that, you're fired. After this next game, we're not working together anymore. You're finished in this town. You're, t- you're finished. Top Dog's agent. He's so worried. He's just like, uh-oh, I just lost my meal ticket. I better go talk to the owner of the bar and place a $2,000 bet on Harry so that no matter who wins, I net $0? Yeah, he hedged himself, but it's... It, it... It was so complicated. But also, the the viewer doesn't care about how much money this character's winning or losing. So it's like, oh, hey, this auxiliary character we've seen in two scenes, I wonder how much money he's making on it. It's like, no one cares. No. Well, it's kind of because at this point, they're like gear shifting him into be the big bad guy for some reason (laughs) very late in the movie. Yeah, as soon as night falls on this like final showdown night is when all logic and my understanding of what was happening flew out the window absolutely harry gets back to town but he has no money now so he's just like whatever there's no game to play i'm gonna go drink at my buddy's bar well he's not gonna drink he's sober again for some reason you'd think he'd be drinking again that would be better but he's not (laughs) top dog shows up and he's just like he's going to go tell harry he's like harry or this is the sense we get he doesn't do this he's going to go in there it seems like and return harry's money so they can finally play this game And when he gets in there and he sees Harry, he's got his hands holding the money and he sees Harry. Top Dog's like, "Mm, you know what? I really can. I am going to steal this money after all. But he's just like, does not tell Top Dog. Top Dog does not tell Harry he has his money. He just opts to continue to steal it. Yeah. Every time that I thought that this was this movie was turning right, it took a hard left. I was like, okay, I figured out I figured out the sort of the conceit here. Top Dog is. Yeah, he, he's turning against his supposedly arch-villain ways. He, he knew that Harry was wronged, and he's going to do the honorable thing and kind of, like, pay for his way back into the match that we're all going to enjoy. And then 
sees him in the bar and has like a laughing fit. He's like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. And he's just like, like you know, he's like, he's, he looks at his buddy. He's like, you know what? I'd rather not. I'd rather keep this. Yeah. Like, rather not what? <laughs> they, they don't know what he's talking about. It's <laughs> like, you can't do what, dude? <laughs> but for whatever reason, because we still need a pool game for this movie to end, Top Dog suggests, hey, since you don't have any money, why don't we just play for Knuckles? And Harry's like, fuck it, why not? Yeah. I had a drink last night. My my life's worth nothing now. Well, why it's funny, because that, that's what that scene, that's why that scene's there, because they go, well, he has his money back, and if he gives him his money back, then they'll play a normal game. But it's like, you didn't need any of this. You could have just seen, said, the game's for Knuckles. Done. That's what it. That's what it is. We don't need to worry about all this other nonsense. Just... We have to know where every dollar moves yeah, to, whose pockets in, where it ends up next. <laughs> it's a complicated pill economy that needs to be accounted for. <laughs> and since they're playing for Knuckles, Top Dog no longer needs an agent, so he just immediately fires his agent. And now this is to set up the stakes. The agent has bet two thousand dollars on Harry. So he's got actually some stake in the game. So we're kind of constantly throughout this game cut back to the agent being like, oh, no, I need Harry to win or I'm going to lose $2,000. There is, I'm not sure the exact order of events because everything gets pretty chopped up at this point. But there, there's a very extended scene of Top Dog shaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's at least they go back to it at least three times. He really shaves. It's like day to night progression. We're like, he's like, okay. <laughs> gotta get started big match tonight and then he's like yeah he cuts yeah that's when he cuts the agent to get the pills back mm-hmm. he's still shaving and then <laughs> i think that there's the, the whole resolution in the bar and then he's somehow back and then there's like a big chain in the middle that seemingly flushes the entire room yes like he like finishes shaving and then just pulls the chain and <laughs> Please. Well, you you do see that a couple times. There's like this flash dance esque sort of chain that anyone can pull at some time if you just need to be cooled down. And I, I don't know which pool matches if it's this one or it's earlier where the guy's like, "I'm so hot," and he just pulls the chain. He just gets doused with water. So that was Kevin in the six man pool scene. Right, right. Classic <laughs> Kevin. That led me down a wild, like tangent of the value of water in this post-apocalyptic community. <laughs> like, they have no clothes or anything, but if he gets tired doing a pool match, there's seemingly chains everywhere to cool yourself off if you need just a breather. I also noted that, too. I'm like, the, uh, usually in these type of movies, water is a hot commodity, Correct. but I was just like, apparently not this post-apocalyptic world. No. At any rate, it's now time for the final pool showdown. They're going to play on the knuckle table, and uh, it's going to be intense. They have not built to it at all. They've talked about it, but all this other stuff and all these other non-adventures have just undercut any sort of tension that you might have for this game. Because you're just like, all right, let's just play this stupid pool game now. I don't even know who I'm rooting for. Zero tension. And I'm not sure. I do believe it's before the start of the match. But there is like this weird separate scene where an unknown person is like picking a lock and gets into like a storage room. I have a note on that. I was going to get into it later. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know now. the order, so that's my fault. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're talking about now. Okay. Yes, as this pool game is starting to get going, and we're seeing like the players show up, and like the entire town's there, like the entire city it's they live big, in. It's a big match. Has showed up. It's Saturday. It's eight p.m. It's finally happening. Top Dog v Harry. But we get a quick cutaway to underneath the bleachers they've set up. Those street urgents who are always spitballing Harry are hiding under there, and they crawl out from underneath the bleachers. 
break into the i guess it's the, like the locker room but it's like there it's essentially the safe of the pool hall the pool owner's safe which is full of mostly just random goods and they proceed to pull a heist where they steal the pool owner's every valuable uh, valuable item the pool owner has under lock and key and it won't be till long after the pool game's over that that uh, the top dog's agent will point out to the pool owner's like hey didn't you have stuff in there before and the pool <laughs> agent's just like my stuff but somewhere in the background of this movie, those street urchins were planning a very complicated Ocean's <laughs> Eleven heist around this that we never got to see. It just happens in the last few minutes as you get two cutaways to street urchins robbing this place, apropos to nothing. And we never understand what happens to those street urchins afterward. Yeah, because when that lock's getting picked, Eddie has not strolled into town yet. So at this point, I'm thinking, wow, Eddie what are you up to? <laughs> it's just disembodied hands with like a paper clip cutting or breaking into the lock. And I'm like, wow, this is about to get extreme and no, just never explained. You thought Eddie had a great plan where he's going to rob this place, but it turns out it was someone else entirely with their own agenda. It was a unrelated movie. to anything. But, but you know what seen. I mean? That might've been like a fun, weird twist. Maybe wouldn't entirely work, but you know, Harry finally plays and he throws the match for some reason and so I don't know he doesn't get beaten up or something and Top Dog thinks he's win but then when they go for the money Eddie has stolen it and they win it could have been something like that but it's just like you know it'd be weirder remember those kids we saw randomly anyways they took all the money they win who are they don't matter yeah that's a hundred percent what I thought was gonna happen where like I didn't expect uh Harry to be winning this match at all but it would be one of those things where like he does win. Lose the battle to win the war. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, you yeah. can take the bike. And I'm like, we could buy 10 bikes. Look at all these bills. <laughs> well, the pool game, when it does start, they put the, like, one very large black domino monolith in the center of the table, which is what they have to play around. Or if you knock it over, you lose a finger. Top Dog ends up taking an early lead in this. He, he seems to be winning, from what I can tell, from the random cuts of this movie. And it's at around this point where Harry doesn't seem to have the energy to win that Eddie finally finishes his walk from his mom's house to the pool hall <laughs> and upon seeing the kid this seems to cause some sort of moral panic or something inside of Harry because he envisions his next shot and we get like a, this like this quick flash of like the pool ball knocking over the domino and he's just like and I guess what we're supposed to get at is, is Harry's worried he's going to knock over that domino and so he looks at the kid and he turns to the bar owner and says, he basically clarifies a rule. He's just that we've never heard. This rule we don't know anything about, <laughs> never been said before. He's just like, hey, bar owner, the domino, or no, I believe he calls it uh, the pin. The pin lies where it falls, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He tries to go like Braveheart with it. Where it's like, yeah. Does anyone disagree with these rules? <laughs> And just silently, he's like, "Yeah, sure, man. We've all we've seen this before." <laughs> the barner's like, "Yeah, that's the typical rule. It's fine." So Harry lines up his cue ball, and he just smashes that black domino far off the table. He just hits it, so it flies off the table, and I guess is now out of the game. This is where the jump should have come in. So I didn't want to ruin it, but this is where he should have jumped the cue ball, where it's some like. Yeah, oh, he'll never make this shot. Top Dog's got it, and then just t- over the monolith, but sinks the ball. What again, a hero! Where I think it's going right, 
this goes way left. But this is an interesting point because I don't know narratively what he was doing. Because you're right, Lou. He just goes like, so by the way, if I hit this thing, I basically uh, am going to lose my finger, right? And they're like, yep. And he's like, all right. And then he shoots right into it. But I don't know what sort of martyrdom he was doing and for what purpose. I, well, I'll try to explain it to you. Please. I mean, he's knocking it up. He's knocking it off the table so they can just play with a free table now. So that, that so the finger cutting will be taken out off the table once he loses his finger. Because the pin's off the table, so there's no more worry about it. Y- yeah, but right after this, he's going to get his finger taken off. He's sacrificing a finger to remove that from play. But the worst possible outcome of having the pin on the yeah. table was that he loses his finger. Is he doing yes. it like in martyr style that he doesn't want Top Dog to lose his finger? Yes, and that's exactly it. Is He's seeing Eddie... And he's just like, I need to teach Eddie a lesson because I realize me playing pool is no good. Because basically everything he does from this point on is to teach Eddie a lesson. He knocks the pool thing off so they don't have to worry about playing it, worrying about fingers. But he still has to lose his pinky before he can keep playing. So top dog, or Harry chops off his pinky. And now that he's chopped off his pinky and that, pool, and that pin is out of the way, he has nothing left to worry about. So he's now very good at pool. He proceeds to... <laughs> clear the table like he just starts like sinking every shot harry's like smashing everything in despite losing his finger and on the final shot where he's going to sink the eight ball and clearly win like he's clearly the better player than top dog he purposefully sinks the eight ball but then also scratches the cue ball ensuring that he loses the game just wild and he like calls it as if it's supposed to be like a hasta la vista moment he's just like white ball off the off the eight ball or whatever the character is used on that ball in this world and it's like dude nah why did you 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 blew it he didn't need to he then proceeds to snap his pool cue in half and all of this to me was like he was he needed to show eddie that pool was an evil sport that's the only thing i can figure out so he he lost in the most spectacular way while still winning but like losing the game overall and it was some sort of lesson to Eddie. But what I like, though, is the audience applauds him. They love it. And I'm like, did they also understand the lesson? Because it seems like he did the wrong thing. I didn't understand. But everyone's like, yeah, Harry, you did it. And I was like, he didn't do it. Yeah, we'll never play pool again in this town. <laughs> we were, our ways were so weird and, and immoral. You're totally right. The entire audience goes crazy. They're cheering for Harry for losing the game because they all understood it. Uh Top Dog's agent is crying in a corner because he just lost $2,000 because that was the most important part of this game, apparently. And it's so weird. Top Dog's won, but he begrudgingly respects that Harry is probably a better pool player than him. So they, like, say goodbye, except that you assume Harry is going to be like, I can keep the motorcycle, though, right? Like, that's the fair trade because you won all this money. No. Top Dog's like, give me back my motorcycle. When, you ex- <laughs> when, you, when you're thinking a zig, it zags. He's like, yeah, he's going to be, like, toss the keys, like, toss the towel moment, like, keep the change, Harry. It's like, hey, one more thing. You done with my bike? (laughs) (laughs) And with the game concluded, they all sort of head out of the bar. And maybe you guys can explain this one to me, but Top Dog, who just won, got his bike. He heads home to his shack, turns the light, full of goons. Yeah, there was, I, I was fully lost at this point. There was like a cut of him like yeehawing on the motorcycle, but then it, it seemed to be like removed out of like he seemed to go back and forth in time, and then he is trapped 
I was. Very I think bad. it was supposed to be that he's he's gets beaten up by goons from his old agent. I think is that's what it's supposed to be. Okay. okay, but yeah, like Top Dog gets beaten up by a bunch of people for some reason at the end, and then it's basically Don's coming up. He pulls up on his motorcycle as Harry and Eddie are saying goodbye to all their pals at the bar, and he's just like, he's you know his face is all cut up, he's all beat up, and he turns to them, he's like, "You guys need a lift out of town," and Harry's like, "No." <laughs> no thank you but like no we'll walk it's actually quite uh, it's actually quite close i don't know why we've been taking this bike the whole time anyway you know what I, I, when i really think about it i don't even like that bike <laughs> <laughs> and then we just see like harry and eddie walking off into the sunrise for some reason it was a baffling series of turns after the climax where i was just like i don't know what's happening here i, I was shocked like they went for the like uh breakfast club bender ending (laughs) but just on a nondescript hill like well we gotta gotta finish this somehow we gotta we gotta walk back to eddie's mom's house again (laughs) and this is sort of where it ends like top dog's been run out of town and i guess re-offered friendship to harry who immediately turns it down because he's 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 out of the game no more pool for harry he should have torn his earring out he should have torn that earring out in front of everyone and just like a bloody spectacle (laughs) Yeah, and any that would have made more sense. That would have made more sense. But yeah, my best guess, this movie is about Harry becoming a father to Eddie and teaching him about the evils of pool set in the post-apocalyptic future. I mean, that's clear. That's clearly what this movie is. Well, I told you before, the plot of this movie is, what's the synopsis? The synopsis was a love story about a young boy who tries to get a pool player back on the tracks. That's what this was. A complete success. That young boy did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a complete success. Ten out of ten. Well, do you guys have any final notes on this movie? Is anything we didn't cover? Anything else you really need to like dig into in this? I think the one quote we didn't we mentioned it off top, but not exactly where it fell in the movie was: "Are we gonna play pool? Or are we gonna piss around?" That is truly the best line of this movie when top dog says that. and i'm going to mention one other thing when the agents at the very beginning of this movie they give the rules and i think luke you said you know you have to have two thousand dollars you must be caucasian and you must be male i assumed this was going to have some sort of result later on in the movie where you were going to have perhaps a woman or something in disguise as a man who like cleans up the table and wins or something because otherwise I don't know what this is doing. I guess it's sort of establishing the world that they live in, but it just seemed like, I don't know. It's like they would set things up. You go, oh, that's going to be maybe an interesting idea. And then the writer was like, nah, nah, let's do something else. What if he just had a chihuahua in his pocket? To be honest, I think that may have just established the actors they had on hand. Yeah, (laughs) maybe, maybe. Just so you know, no one other than white males can (laughs) enter this movie by rules. (laughs) I was going to say the same thing because I was just thinking about it too. I'm just like, other than Eddie's mom, I don't think there's anyone who is not a white male in this entire film. Wouldn't it have been great, though, at the end of the movie, after all of this, uh, like Mission Impossible styles, Harry pulls off his mask and he's black. (laughs) And you're like, oh, this was about race? Oh, wow. That's the love story. Yeah, if I if I look through my notes here, there's only two two things that I wanted to mention. One is that there's some point I'm not sure exactly where in the timeline where Harry mentions that Max, the bartender, is really good with strays, just like random young boys, and that was very <laughs> strange to me because just the delivery was like, oh yeah, Max, he's uh good with strays. 
<laughs> I do remember that being very strange. What the hell are you suggesting about Max the bartender? And then I guess the only time we see Top Dog actually play is in the final match. And there's a point in which he's using the rake where the, like the, the when you have a really long shot in pool like you can pull out the rake and the any any time that I've ever seen that really like used in real life the player is ridiculed merc- mercilessly it's just like oh he's using the rake he's using the rake and I was just shocked where I'm like this is some pool world where people's fingers are getting he should be getting the finger chopped off for using the rake I thought the same thing when he pulled that rake out to like do the long shot I'm just like there's no way you're allowed in a fingers game for that kind of assistance. We're all here for blood. You can't just take the easy way <laughs> yeah, it's out. It's like, oh, guys, this is a pretty tough shot. <laughs> I can't remember. I used it in my opening, too. But at some point, they keep saying he flunked it. And I can't remember why. Like, does, does someone, like, miss a ball and they just start using the term flunked a lot abruptly in the middle of this movie? Or did that only stand out to me? <laughs> I don't know if I caught flunked. I was too busy mesmerized by all their hair. <laughs> so much hair flipping. There's a really good, like, slow-mo with Harry's trying to aim. But his, like, dreads are in the way, and he has to, like... <laughs> <laughs> all right. It sounds like we've covered too much of this movie <laughs> as, as it is. Let's get into rating this, uh, Taylor. Typically, we rate these kind of on the IMDb sort of 10-star scale. So, out of 10 stars, and, you know... You can feel free. You don't have to do this critically. You don't have to have a critical eye. You can do it based on, like, your personal enjoyment as well. Or if you want to compare it to Citizen Kane, you can give it one star if you like. But it's your call. Where where do you think this falls on a a 10-star scale? Mm, Up against my other favorite sci-fi, Citizen Kane, eh? (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely, going into it, I was like, okay, this this is going to be a problem. (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be like a one because to be honest i haven't watched something in like four three standard def in years but and i i find sometimes imdb those ratings can be a little bit stodgy so i'm not i'm not looking at it in like a critical eye just like pure fun and i would give it a solid seven and if i could see it in like HD, if I could really get into this world <laughs> and like have better clarity on like what exactly is in that storage room that the urchins are raiding, and like what exactly is this pill currency, I'd bump it up to to an eight. Well, we'll, we'll tweet at Gary Day later and ask for a 4K re- restoration. <laughs> that was my other question. Will my rating be shared with Gary Day? If so, it's a 10 because I don't want to sewer any future negotiations on Hard Knuckle 2. <laughs> right. Very good. I will, we'll, we'll adjust that accordingly. <laughs> I, yeah, I I was up and... I, I lo- when it started, I was like all aboard the world this movie was in. When they started just playing pool, I'm like, all right, great, let's do this. It definitely, like, when it turns, they leave town, and it just starts a different movie. And then, like you said, it gets to the climax, and all bets are off. Like, anything you knew, forget about it. Doesn't matter anymore. So I had a wild ride. I, I think I lo- it lost me in the middle, but brought me back by the end. I'm going to go with this. I think I'm going to go 6.5 on this. It's it's It gets a little too dull for me in the middle, but, like, the beginning and the end are wild enough to really pull me along. I think Kevin's involvement is worth like a negative point yeah he drags it down yeah. he drags it down i think i'm probably i'm in a pretty close uh, area with you guys i'm gonna give the first half five out of five and the second half one out of five 
So <laughs> six out of five total. Smart six out of ten. Man. Six out of ten total. That's good. I thought you were going to average it between those two. No, no, no. Total. Well, I mean, you know what? I think this is a decent rating for this movie. It certainly was something I was not expecting. I did not see anything coming that came. I don't think any human could expect (laughs) what is shown. Impossible. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for sitting down and watching this. Uh, Much appreciated. This was a great talk about it, too. I think we did a good breakdown of this insane film. It was an absolute pleasure. I uh, I like watching something that I never in a million years would have watched otherwise. And was uh, it was a fun ride, that's for sure. I, I'm glad we could at least catch you off guard with something. Um, but that's going to wrap up the episode. If uh, you have some thoughts on Devil's Pool and uh, the rules that we didn't understand, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. I know Jordan's dying to talk about pool with someone. Oh, yeah, that's all I want to talk about. And then on Instagram and Twitter, the handle there is at continuumdrag. We're definitely going to have some clips from this show. Uh, probably pretty pool heavy. I mean, maybe some, maybe a cream pie in the face, maybe a little spitball here and there. Yeah. Oh, that's true. All the slapstick side, uh, the the Three Stooges esque moments <laughs> that pop up. A supercut of the spitball kid would be really great. That is true. <laughs> that is true. When Harry finally at the end of the movie, or no, uh, top Harry dog. Top Dog at finally in the movie, yeah. he grabs the kid and breaks his spitball thing. Can't break because his we were loot, so he just throws it. We were waiting. We've been waiting for the end to this climax. <laughs> Um, at any rate, those you can find on our social media accounts. And that's it. That wraps it up. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I will see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.